With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the NUFC Blogcast. I'm Ed, your host. I'm here with Ollie, the editor of NUFCblog.co.uk. Once again, there's loads to talk about. We're going to touch again on the Gateshead friendly. We're going to talk about the Rangers match coming up, an injury update, Saudi PIF bidding for Diaby. Is it time for calm? Is FFP real? Ollie is going to help us get through all of that on the NUFC Blogcast. So, Ollie, are you uh, dry yet after your game at uh, Gateshead that was absolutely atrocious weather? Yeah, I was just going to say that, that I think my shorts and Newcastle shirt are only just uh, starting to dry off now because it was, it, honestly, it was for July, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know it's the Northeast and people often say, oh, you get more rain and that up there, but it was ridiculous wherever it was in England. But Yeah, um... there's quite a few funny memes and pictures going around of like... Uh... You know, Tenali's first experience of the Northeast <laughs> is literally like that. And so you're desperately trying to tell him that's not what it's always like, we promise. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. Um, it was worth it in the end. But it was, I can't lie, I was, just before I left, my mom said, oh, do you want to take this um, waterproof just in case you need it? I thought, oh, I'll be fine. Shorts in a Newcastle shirt in July. Mums always, always know. Mums always know. They always know. <laughs> And there they're always I was. right. <laughs> I know that's that's just a life lesson, that isn't it? Mm. But uh, but yeah, I didn't ever really dry off until about three hours after I got there. But uh, but yeah, it was really good to, for football to be back. And obviously, the team we put out there was very much like makeshift. It, there was so many of our first team players not, not even involved, which was to be expected. Like when we just before the game was so on Friday, there was the likes of uh, Bruno, Joe Linton, um, Shaw, Botman, Wilson, Gordon, Tonali. Isaac, all of those guys had only just got back to the to the training ground on the Friday. So I wasn't expecting them to be involved. But at the same time, it probably showed up the lack of depth in some areas of our squad that Jamal Lewis was playing as a left winger for the first half of that game. And uh, mm-hmm. there was a put it this way, there was a lot of square pegs and round holes. But uh but yeah, it was it was really good to see the team back in action. And I think the nice thing was to see some of the under twenty one players as well in that second half. That was that was really good and nice to see them being quite a big part of the comeback in that second half. Yeah, and quite a few sort of uh, people mentioning uh, Lewis Miley, who had yeah. a had a good game and set up a goal. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's been a lot of talk about Tim over the last few months. I mean, he's been training with the first team, I think, for 
the majority of the season just gone. And, and I know you featured in the St. James's Park friendly last December against Rio Vallecano. He actually played in that game. I think he was only 16 at the time and he's still only 17, but he's really tall. He must be at least six foot two, six three. And what I like about him is he's got quite a calmness on the ball. He never looks too rushed. And I know it was against Gateshead, but to come in and look at home in the team and then did what he did for the goal, he, he carried the ball down the left and he seems good at that. For a tall player, he seems quite capable of carrying the ball and he cut in from the left and got his head up and picked out a really nice cross for Jay Turner Cuckoo, like tapped it in. Well, I say tapped it in. It was a really nice first time finish. So, so yeah, and it, what, another nice touch was the fact that when Miley came on, well, when his brother, sorry, Jamie Miley came on, he handed uh, the captain's armband to Lewis. So that was quite a nice moment to see not only two brothers playing in the same Newcastle team, but uh, the older brother passing the captain's armband to his younger brother. That's uh, doesn't happen very often, does it? But that was a nice touch. Must be the first brothers since Sammy and Shoda, I guess. And they yeah, were I mean, the there first was... since like the Robledos or something in like the fifties yeah. or something. Yeah. I think there was there. Uh, I think there was actually one one chant that in during the game saying if Miley scores, we're on the pitch. So yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad for the, the the stewards in the absolute piss and rain that Miley didn't score. Yeah, amazing. But it seemed like you know, obviously we we came out three two winners after a, a better second half. Yeah. Who impressed? Who didn't? Is there any is there any sort of key standouts other than the youngsters? I mean, one thing that was nice to see, I think you would expect this against Gateshead, but St. Maximan, when he was moved to the left in the second half, was just unplayable, to be honest. There was one moment where we hit them on the counter-attack and he carried the ball down the, the left. And just when you thought they'd surrounded him with about three Gateshead players around him, he managed to find a way past them and he put it on a plate for Elliot Anderson, who couldn't score on that occasion. But St. Maximan set up Anderson for one goal, Anderson set up St. Maximan for the other. And it was good to see both of them combine well and. Obviously, like as I've said, it, it is against Gateshead, but still, a, a lot of players were rusty, and I guess leading to the players who didn't look quite as good. In, in that first half, Dan Byrne looked, like I say, pretty rusty and a bit... Uh, yeah, just, I mean, he, he has been playing left-back a lot, and he was playing at centre-back in this game, so he can play both roles, but obviously he's not been probably quite as used to playing centre-back recently, and he, he started off the game a little bit sluggishly. And one player who I think was quite sloppy and was definitely... Um, Took a while again to his stride with Sean Longstaff. He, he actually gave the ball away in a pretty bad area that led to Gateshead's first goal. And he did that on a couple of occasions. I mean, he's he's improved massively since Howe came in. And obviously, he's a really key part of the squad now. But there was always a slight criticism of Longstaff that he sometimes wanted a bit too long on the ball and he could get caught in bad areas. And he did that a few times on Saturday. But let's be honest, it's, it's pre-season, isn't it? They're bound to be first a bit First game rusty. back. Yeah, first yeah. game back. I think it's it's almost... It's it's interesting, but it's not worth taking any stock in, is it? It's just you watch no. it, and it's it's interesting to see the youngsters and the players you might not see, but really, whatever. Oh, yeah, but we did I mean, we did win in the end. That's it. I mean, as well, just to I mean, I've mentioned there that all the the sort of international or some of our star players weren't actually featuring, but just to let people know the extent of how much we had to rotate, and we had at one point, like I say, in the first half, Jamal was on the left wing. In the second half, Javier Manquia was playing on the right wing, and obviously they're both fullbacks. Trippier was playing midfield at one point. In the second half, Target moved into midfield. Um, we had an under-21 player, Remy Savage, who started. So and in the second half, I think there was about eight or nine under-21s who came on. So um, it was good to say Harrison Ashby as well, actually. He obviously signed from West Ham in January. He came on for the majority of the second half. And he looks quite a solid player, to be honest. He's, he looks, he's got quite a solid build. And you can see the sort of... Obviously, it sounds a bit lazy saying this, but you can see the Trippier comparisons when you watch him in the warm-up and the way he sort of strikes the ball and his delivery from the right-hand side when he gets crosses in. You can tell he's got ability. Um, and he he did okay as well. So, um, so yeah, it was good to see his win from two down. Good to see under-21s playing. His, 
Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was just going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, I was just going to say, here's a question that's on everybody's lips, or it's on mine anyway. It might have been answered somewhere, but I haven't seen. Why do we play this team? <laughs> why, why, why haven't we played more first-teamers? Is, uh, uh, is it just because we're resting them? What, what's going on? Well, I think the thing is, like I said, there was always going to be a plan with certain players having international games that they were only going to come back, say, on that Friday before the game. So I listed all those international players there who only got back to Newcastle on the Friday. Yeah. So with that in mind, you've got a, like the, the squad players who weren't on international duty, who'd been training through the week before that. So your likes of Longstaff, Byrne, Jamal Lewis, Mankio, all those guys. So when we've got the international players coming back late, but we've got the opportunity for the squad players or the youngsters to play a game ahead of, say, the Rangers game or the US, the USA tour. I think it makes sense because it's it gives people like, I mean, let's be honest, when we go to the US tour in that summer series against Brighton, Villa, Chelsea, you can expect then to see the likes of Botman, Shaw, Bruno, Tonali and all those all those guys. Whereas the likes of Mankio, Lewis, um, Matt Ritchie, the, all, even Elliot Anderson, they might not get quite as much game time then. So I think it's a chance for them to build up match fitness and also in some cases, put their name in the shop window a little bit. I'm I'm not saying a few goals against Gateshead makes a massive difference, but it just reminds people that they're still in and around the team. So I think it was just a chance for youngsters and, and squad players to have a bit of a run out before we play Rangers and go to the US. Yeah, fair enough. And and those rules don't seem to apply to Kieran Trippier. He just plays whenever. <laughs> just oh, he's, bion- he's bionic man, isn't he? Yeah, Absolute machine. Yeah, love him. Um, Hal made some interesting points after the game that kind of feeding into kind of the murmurs around Newcastle's transfer budget and FFP. What did he yeah. have to say? Well, yeah, obviously it was the first time the local press had had the chance to actually speak to Howe since the previous season had finished. So naturally they had questions on like Harvey Barnes or are we close to any signings and is he happy with the business so far? And I mean, the first thing, as you can expect from Howe, he didn't... Uh, want to comment on Barnes at all it was just a no comment he didn't want to be disrespectful there and then when he was asked are you happy with your business so far and obviously Tonali in itself is a superb signing and how was spoke really highly of him but I know when Keith Downey at Sky Sports said are you happy with the business so far with Tonali he kind of says delighted with that signing but we haven't we thought there needs to be much more and I know he's obviously very conscious of FFP and he said there that we have to work within the rules we've got a strict budget and we've got to be quite creative. That's the word he used in the market to make sure we add quality without sort of breaking those FFP restrictions. But he said that it's not a case of, this was a quite an interesting uh, quote at the end. He said, for me, it's not a case of we want to do it, it's we need to do it. So he's kind of saying there that, yes, we're battling FFP, but if we want to sort of have the squad depth and the quality to cope in the Champions League and and compete on all four fronts next season, we're going to have to sign more players because... One thing you mentioned in the interview as well is he, he basically wants to have a second 11, which is of equal standard to his first 11 and be able to rotate to that level. So mm, I guess if you yeah. look at, yeah, I mean, so an example would be if he thinks Kieran Trippier can't play three times a week, which the, his age maybe he could, I mean, he's bionic man, so he probably could. But his yeah. example would be that he wants a right back of a probably a higher standard of, of a craft or a man to come in. And just like that, say out wide, if, if uh, I don't know, Almiron's not playing one week, he might think it needs to be better than Jacob Murphy. So I think he basically is just saying there that, yes, the FFP issues are a problem and he have, he's having to work within that. But he, he mentioned there that there's been some uh, frustrating and dark days. He even mentioned the word dark days over the summer, which suggests he's had some real, like, banging his head against the war moments. Who knows if that's referring to Madison? Wonder, or just yeah, I wonder what that was, yeah. yeah. I'd love to maybe, know. Maybe, but um, Yeah, maybe yeah. we kind of bid for... You know, Harry Kane or something. <laughs> we never yeah, I mean, he said it. through 
<laughs> he said through the summer I've been through all the emotions. So obviously I'm sure he's buzzing with Tonali like we all are, but I would imagine at this point of the summer, even though there's, a, there's still a long time to go left in the window, I think he would have wanted more than just one player in. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of limited, aren't we, with FFP, it seems. But I think he's kind of saying there, there comes a point where we need to, we're going to need to act and, and get it right because he needs to be prepared moving into the new season. So, yeah, he did seem a bit frustrated. Um, also on St. Maximan, I think it's probably worth saying what he said on him. Just I know I mentioned this in in Saturday's podcast, but... Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk of St. Maximan. There's so many people saying, oh, does Howe actually want him? And it's it, it's obviously with St. Maximan's cryptic message, it's never really clear. But when he was asked, is he keen to keep St. Maximan? He said, definitely. I love Alan. I've said it many times. You've seen, you've seen his quality today. When he went to his best position as a left winger, he was excellent. He took his goal really well. He's come back in a really good place mentally, and I'm very pleased with him. So I know, I know Howe's not going to come out and say, no, St. Maximan's on the transfer list. We don't want him. He's never going to say that. But mm. he was pretty clear in shutting down um, talk of him leaving. But then again, if FFP means that we have to raise funds to sign certain players and St. Maximan's our most sellable asset, then who knows? But yeah, I think people are a bit bored of hearing about whether St. Maximan's going to stay or go. Um, but yeah, that's what he said there. Yeah, and he doesn't help us with his like cryptic messages, as we've, as we've said. It's like an Instagram yeah. post of a sunset with, my dreams fly only as high as as my my passion or something and it's like <laughs> yeah. newcastle fans reading it yeah. thinking what does this mean <laughs> oh yeah. you know it means nothing probably he's probably just with his wife or something on holiday <laughs> but at the end of the day it was good it was good to see him playing on saturday he, he obviously got a goal and an assist and uh it's nice to see how sort of saying how much he likes him after the game because i think ultimately people want him to stay it, it, it would be a shame if he kind of has to be sold to raise funds for other players but but we'll have to say yeah either way it was good to see him back in action on saturday well, that was the first uh, game of, of pre-season. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the next one. Welcome back. Yes, uh, Ollie, we're playing Rangers on Tuesday. Is that correct? Which is, I think, because this is going to be released on Tuesday morning. Today, we're playing them today. Um, yeah. tell, t- tell us about it. How do we watch it? What's going on? Yeah, so, I mean, for a start, there's 8,000 Newcastle fans who are going to be there. It's Alan McGregor's testimonial and obviously... It's kind of the first, no disrespect to Gateshead, but it's the first, I guess, big test. Of pre- well, I don't want to say big test, but you know what I mean? It's a kind of game, should I say, where we're going to be playing our sort of star players. I'm, I can see the likes of Bruno and even Tonali playing for the first time, getting an, an, a, a glimpse of Gordon after his summer with England under-21s and Isaac, Botman, Shaw. I can see a lot of those players featuring. featuring. So, so yeah, and it's a, it's a it range of a decent team as well, and it's, it's going to be a probably a decent atmosphere, not just for the testimonial, but for the fact we've sold so many tickets. So, so yeah, it'll be good. I mean, in terms of how to watch it, it's on NUFC TV and Rangers TV. Now, these sort of friendlies used to be shown for free on the website, but it's $7.99 to buy it. Um, right. Some people have said that's a bit pricey. I think either the entirety of the $7.99 or a portion of it goes towards selected charities that Alan McGregor's put forward. I, th- I think I'm right in saying that. Ah, uh, got you. Um, is that why? Is that why which they're is nice. charging? Yeah, okay, that's good. Um, and, and like I say, I said there on Saturday that the, the Gateshead game was available on National League TV and that was £10, but any money that they received from that went towards Gateshead, not Newcastle. So it's it's a nice touch there helping out with those things. So yeah, it's for seven ninety nine. Why are we giving our money it? away? We've got FFP issues. We need to raise every single penny we can. Don't give it to Gateshead. We'll keep it to ourselves, thanks. I we need to say buy... that, <laughs> We need Harvey Barnes. I thought you were going to say, don't give it to charity. We need Harvey Barnes. 
Yeah, don't give it to charity. Come on, oh, no. they're ridiculous. Come on, yeah, F. No, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah we'll draw the good. line. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, it's on Rangers TV. Well, I say Rangers TV. It's on NUFC TV. It's 7.45 kickoff. And like I say, I'm, I'm expecting to see a lot of the players sort of big names and, and star star players actually play in this one. So, so yeah, it'll be good to see where we're at. And I think the big thing, it'll be good to see Sandro Tonali, providing he is able to play a little bit. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I mean, that'll be a very popular thing. And 8,000 going up there. I mean, I know that's great, isn't it? Um, yeah. There seems to be a bit of a sort of a his, history of New, Newcastle doing testimonials with the Glasgow clubs. I remember Shearer's was Celtic. and Celtic, yeah. yeah I guess it's not that. too far to travel and good atmospheres, both ends, isn't it? So, so I think that's it, isn't it? The location and also they'll know that Newcastle fans, whether it's at St. James's Park or us travelling up there, they'll, they'll book, turn out in force. So yeah, it should be a really good atmosphere. Uh, injury update. What what's the latest with injuries, Ollie? Yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning this because obviously a lot of players missed out um, on the game at Gateshead, and how kind of been speaking about the players who were available, and and obviously we know why the, the likes of Bruno, Joe Linton, and all the internationals didn't play on Saturday. But there's been updates on Nick Pope, Joe Willock, Jacob Murphy, Lascelles, and Kraft. So on uh, on Nick Pope, you'll probably remember he missed the last game of the, the previous season against Chelsea because he had surgery on his hand so he's had like a finger injury that's been pestering him for a while and basically he's going to miss the Rangers game and there's he sounds like he's a slight doubt for our games in America so it could be if he doesn't feature in America that Nick Pope's only games before the new season are in that Seller Cup weekend the sort of penultimate weekend before the season starts so so Nick Pope's apparently making good progress but is likely to miss the trip to America Joe Willock, who got the hamstring injury towards the back end of last season. Again, Howe said he's making good progress, but he hasn't trained yet, and he's hoping to have him back in training for America. So Joe Willock and Pope won't be playing against Rangers. Um, Murphy and Lascelles both missed the Gateshead game. I was, To be honest, I was expecting them to play. Look, before the game, I thought they're two sort of non-international players who are expected to play, but they picked up like minor, minor muscle injuries, I think, and they're going to be back very soon, according to Howe. So we might see them tonight. And then Kraft is the last one. Uh, obviously, he got an ACL, like a really serious knee injury. It was in, I think it was the first game of the Carabao Cup against Tranmere. And ever yeah. since then, he's obviously been managing that. So th- the thing with Kraft is apparently he's unlikely to play any part of preseason. So that's a shame for him. And I guess it puts us in an awkward position if we're looking to move him on because, I mean, bless him, he's not played for ages. But if we're, if we're looking to find a buyer for him, it's not, you wouldn't really fancy picking him up when he's just come just come off the back of it in ACL and hadn't kicked a ball for nearly 12 months. But uh, so, yeah, there's an update on those five. And so, yeah, there'll be no Pope or Willock tomorrow, but we could see Murphy and Lascelles alongside all of the internationals. So there'll be plenty to, to pick from tonight. Brilliant. Yeah, should be good. It'd be a good game, that. Uh, obviously, as you said, next level up from Gateshead, Rangers, and then we'll go on another level in the Premier League Summer Series and then, mm. then, then the Seller Cup and then the Premier League. So there you go. Um, yeah. Now, Saudi PIF bidding for Diaby. We mentioned Diaby the other day. We've been linked with him for ages. Then Villa were linked with him. What's going on? Yeah, it's funny this because we've said for ages, like when are the when are the PIF going to do us a favour in terms of their transfer activity out in, in Saudi? Because for anyone who doesn't quite know what's going on, basically the Saudi PIF, the Public Investment Fund, they've bought a 75% majority stake in the big four teams in Saudi Arabia. So... The Saudi Pro League, I'm trying to remember the four teams. It's it's Al-Ali, Al-Nassar, I think, who Cristiano Ronaldo plays for. There is Al-Itihad, where Benzema and Kante have gone to. 
And the last one is... I bet it starts with Al something. Just just a stab in the dark. What is this? I need... I need to... Al Etif- Etifak? No, that's the it? Gerard one, isn't it? Um, is it? Oh, okay. Al Ali, Al Etihad. Oh, shall I restart this again? <laughs> go go for it. No, this is great fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having to Google play it. Al- play along at home. That's okay. You know, Al, Al, Al. So I've mentioned Al Nassar, who Cristiano Ronaldo plays for. Al Etihad, that's got Benzema and Kante. Right. Al Ali. Right. Al Hilal. Al Hilal. Al Hilal. Al Hilal. How could I forget? But it, ironically, Al Hilal are the team they've actually been sort of going mad. They've signed Ruben Neves. I think they've signed uh, Koulibaly as well. Um, who else have they signed? It's crazy, this isn't it? It's absolutely mad. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there's, there's but to be fair, people moves. complain China did this and it didn't work. Um, yeah, and also the idea that oh, you know, this league's coming in and buying all our best players and paying them crazy money. We do that to other leagues. The Premier League has done that for years. <laughs> we just go to Portugal yeah. and pick off Benfica's top players and triple their wages. You know, that's that's what we do. Um, I guess the, the thing with this is pe- people look at it and think, I mean, yes, people came to the Premier League for the money, but they also came for the competitiveness of the league, whereas people know that True. the money yeah. the money exists in Saudi. But, I mean, the competitiveness could come over time, but let's be honest, people, people know why people are going to these teams. But anyway, so... The PIF own a majority stakeholder in the four, the, the big four, essentially, in Saudi. And for a while, we've seen them. I mean, an example with Koulibaly and Hakim Ziyech at one point nearly went to one of those big teams as well. So they've they've often been helping out almost our Premier League rivals by spending big money on some of their fringe players. And obviously, in, from a financial fair play perspective, bailing out the likes of Chelsea. So we were thinking, oh, why can't they just bid 50 million for Ryan Fraser and Jeff Hendrick? But one yeah. thing they have done, I mean, will remains to be seen how this pans out, is they've... Al Nassar or Nasir, who's got Ronaldo and recently signed Brozovic, they've put in a 43 million euro bid for Musa Diaby. So that's potentially scuppered Aston Villa's attempts to sign him. I think Aston Villa are meant to be making a new bid of 50 million euros. So at the very at the very least, it could at least raise the price that Villa have to pay for Diaby because so they're kind of indirectly helping us. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'd I'd love to think that the PIF are doing this to benefit Newcastle. It's probably completely unrelated, but it's still nice to see Villa having to spend more money. <laughs> yeah, crikey, that's all, great. All while we struggle with FFP, so yeah. Oh well, yeah, exactly. I know, crikey. Um, how just on that? How how frustrated do you really think Eddie Howe is? Do you think it's it's all just words and he can't really be frustrated, Kelly? We've just signed Sandro Tonali. It's not like he's never been backed. It, I guess he'll be frustrated with FFP rather than rather than yes. the club, surely. Well, I think that's exactly it because, and I think obviously it's, you've got to be careful how you word it because when I mention Eddie Howe's frustrated, in the past, if a Newcastle manager has been frustrated, it signals like tensions towards, uh, between rather, say, a Rafa Benitez and Mike Ashley and that Rafa's frustrated with the lack of backing. Whereas here, I think Howe's just a bit frustrated with the situation we find ourselves in. I'm sure the owners in the background are doing everything they can. I mean, we mentioned on last week's podcast, we brought in a, like a finance director to help with commercial revenue. We've got Darren Eels and uh, is a Peter Silverstone as well. We've got loads of guys in this sort of finance department building commercial revenue. We've got Dan Ashworth building the academy. We're, we actually are now working like a proper football club, and I'm sure there's so much backing for Eddie Howe. There will be. We, we, we know that. But I think, as you said there, I think it's frustration towards the situation we're in because the reality is we've got top four. We're ahead of schedule in that sense. We're going into a Champions League season. We don't have the squad that can cope, I would say, at the minute with 
the demands of competing on four fronts. And it's not just a case of needing more depth. It's a case of having to get a bit more quality in as well to allow us to compete. So I think Howe will probably just be a little bit done in by the constant... Um, they're probably having to really balance things out. I mean, it's it's one of those where if we, in an ideal world, we'd have a huge budget and we'll be able to approach things. I mean, maybe not quite the same, but a bit like the Saudis are in over in the Saudi Pro League. They say a player they want, they put a huge big in bid in, and they get it, they get it. But with us, it seems like the Madison one being an example. It's clear we. I think I think it's pretty clear we wanted him, but it's also clear we weren't going to pay 175 grand a week because again with FFP that could have scuppered things. And it's, I think it's a constant balancing act, which is making making life tough. But um, but yeah, actually, Jake Jackman, a guy who writes bits for the blog, he did a piece, um, I think it was last week, and it was sort of titled, It's Time for Calm in the Transfer Market. And um, it's worth a look, really. And it's, he, he wrote some really valid points there. And one, one thing, he, he, paragraph that he put in there, which I thought was bang on, was he said, the consequences of having a long-term plan mean that there will be growing pains in the short term. It is impossible to continue improving on the pitch without improvements behind the scenes. The latter is taking longer than the former, which is why FFP is proven to be a big issue this summer. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I think that's the thing. We're, we've we've almost our trajectory as a club in terms of on the pitch and what we've achieved has went at a, a sort of faster pace than we've been able to grow commercially off the pitch. And the two now have to line up for financial fair play. Um, and I think the commercial stuff was non-existent under Mike Ashley. I mean. We saw what he did with Sports Direct and the lack of investment, and he he wasn't interested in in a sort of building the budget and allowing us to to compete in that sense. So now they're almost starting from ground zero, aren't they? These new owners, and yet the club is now considered a Champions League club. So, um, so yeah, I think with how I'm sure he is frustrated at the fact he can't quite get in who he wants, but it won't be for the lack of trying behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's take a break there, and we'll come back and do poll of the week, Twitter questions, and FYI. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Man. Hello. Welcome back. Ollie, what is the poll this week? I always enjoy this because I don't look before when I try and, well, I give you my answer. We get two polls answer, of course. Tell us, what is it? Right. So, so this week, I thought this question would be quite sort of 
relevant given what we've been talking about with FFP and some of the decisions we'll have to make to improve the budget and things like that. So the question was, would you be in favour of selling the naming rights at St James's Park if it helped raise funds? Now, what I mean by that, okay. I mean, I think most people will know, but you'll see, I mean, an example would be, not that we used it in this way, when Mike Ashley changed it to the Sports Direct Arena, that's, it was only for his benefit there, it's worth mentioning. It wasn't, we didn't get a penny from that and it was all to promote his own company. But if we did something like that and called it Seller, our new front of shirt sponsor, Seller at St. James's Park, we obviously would get a massive wad of money there for, for advertising that brand. Obviously, people would think it sounds a bit tacky, but... That's what some people do. Um, it's a bit like, I suppose, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. The Emirates, like the yeah. Emirates, um, the Etihad. It's uh, obviously Arsenal and, and Man City have done that, and we think nothing of it now. But that's the that could be the next big decision the club have to make. So anyway, uh, before naming the results, do do I do I ask what you would have gone for before naming it? I, I think, think I you do. do yeah. Well, I yeah. think I would. I think it's very tricky because it depends what we mean. Like yeah. as you said, like do we mean? Yeah, just like Mike Ashley, these butchering, you know, thing of it trying to keep St James's Park in there. Do we mean calling it the Seller Stadium? Do we mean it's St James's Park sponsored by Seller or sponsored by Nike or yeah. whatever? Yeah. So I think, I think with caveats, I think we've just got to be realistic, really, and say, yeah, I think you know, if we if we want to be the number one club in the world, like our owner said in an interview, he wanted to make us. That means on the pitch, off the pitch, commercially, business-wise, everything. And I think we're just yeah. going to... There's a few things that we have to sacrifice for that. One of the things is I wouldn't move. We've talked about this before. I wouldn't move from St. James's Park. I don't think we need to. I think we can, you know... But renaming it, we'd, we'd always call it St. James's Park anyway. So, yeah. yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go through I'll go through Toon Pulls' vote. As it ever, Toon Pulls, the, uh, the official poll king of Twitter... <laughs> He, he always gives me sort of his his vote and what the reason behind his vote. So his response to this is, my answer is a reluctant yes, as it's a preference. This over guy, out this of... guy, exactly. This guy, <laughs> we just we just say the same thing every time. Carry on. It's like yeah, poetry. so my answer is a reluctant yes, as it's a preference over moving out of the stadium altogether. If there was a nod to St. James's Park, then I'd be a happy man and it would have to be a considerable wedge of money. So I think he's pretty much saying what you said there. Honestly, uh, are, you are you sure I'm not? Are you sure I'm not Toon Poles? I've never, you've never wow. asked me. Have you ever seen us in the same room? I haven't. Exactly. You've never no. actually seen me see me in a room ever. <laughs> well, no, I haven't. Internet friends, yeah, <laughs> pen pals. <laughs> um, okay, right, all right, brilliant. But okay, so again, what what were the results? Sorry, so I was just results. thinking about Toon Poles again. I'm daydreaming. Sorry, carry on. So the result, we actually only had this poll out for three hours, but. It got just under seven thousand votes, so it created oh, a massive, okay. yeah, yeah, a massive yeah. amount of uh, sort of discussion, and there was eighty-three comments as well. But I'll, I'll go through a couple of the comments. But the results were forty-eight percent said yes. <sighs> oh, it's, oh, it's flipping Brexit, yeah. And fifty-two said no. So the majority would say no. And wow, okay. See, my thoughts on this is I can like. I, I don't want to sound like I'm sitting on the fence, but and I will give my vote, but I can see why people would sit there and go, oh, I couldn't have that. I couldn't have St. James's Park known as the Aramco Arena or something stupid like that. But mm. I totally agree with you in Toonpools that if it if St. James's Park was still part of the name, I mean, let's face it, we'd always call it St. James's Park. And if this was the difference between getting a 50 million sign in every summer or having to get one less, then are we re like, do we really want to stop that? I mean, I think the thing is now we're becoming bigger and we're having to see if we can grow 
our sort of income and, and commercial revenues in any way we can. Like I've said there, Man City call their stadium the Etihad. It's the Emirates at Arsenal. I know the difference here is we've always been St. James's Park and they've moved to new stadiums and therefore it's a fresh start. But we'd be staying at St. James's Park but potentially changing the name. But I'm with you both that to try and move forward to overcome these barriers and build these commercial revenues that will help us in this fight against FFP, if we can do it, but in a way that's sort of like palatable and call it something like St. James's Park at Cellar or because let's face it, it would look a bit naff when people say it like that, but no one would call it that. Everyone would say St. James's Park. Mm, um, like I've, su- I've suggested in a previous podcast, we should just rename the box office to Ticket Sellers. So <laughs> for those that didn't hear that the first time I said it, there's another. Um, yeah, no, look, I think, I think, okay. So it's it's nearly 50-50. Like basically yeah. the, the, the fan base is split. Um, yeah. So... I mean, just to go on through one comment. Inconclusive. Yeah, go on. Durham Magpie said, yes, as long as it's kept, uh, sorry, as long as St. James's Park is kept, obviously, in some to some degree, the club should always look to get naming rights on the training ground and maybe look at naming rights on the East Stand after its development. I mean, right. the thing is, yeah. I think people don't, I think this, the thing is, some people see it and think, oh, if we're just selling our soul for money now, then we'll we'll become like a soulless club who've forgotten our roots and things like that. But the thing is, if calling, do you know how the current training ground, it's in Benton and things like that. If mm-hmm. the training ground call got called something like the Aramco training base or something like that, like mm-hmm. I know that would look a bit naff and we don't want to feel like every single part of the club is named after some Saudi sponsor. But other people are doing that to get ahead of us in financial fair play. And it's almost, it's a bit sad, but it's the way of the world in football now that if you, if you can't generate the money, you can't spend, then you're not going to compete. And I, I guess I think the thing is, if, if we can get a happy medium, we can keep St. James's Park in there in some, to some extent. Now, I think fans will soon forget about it if it means signing a 60 million winger who we couldn't have got without it. Mm, yeah, no, I think so. Um, brilliant. Uh, do look out um, on Twitter for our weekly poll that we do with Toon Polls. He supports us and we support him in that. So that's great. And uh, look out for that and vote in it. Our next thing we're going to do is our Twitter questions. That's another thing that happens on Twitter. What were the questions that came in this week, Ollie? In fact, you've sent me them. Here they are. I've got them here. Now, I'll, I'll read them and then we'll get your take on it. Is that all right? Yeah, go So we've it. got uh, Bokken Juniors at Bokken Juniors, B-O-K-N Juniors. Why are we without a shirt sponsor on our training or warm-up kit? Why did we not sell St. James's Park naming rights to fun players in these FFP? Right, we've just talked about that, so we're not going to do that. He's read the poll. I know, crikey, what, what, what a great question. Uh, next one, Chris Coates at Fields Hardest. Just quickly, by the way, I yeah. know that the first part of his question there, I feel like I probably could answer. So we haven't got any sort of sponsor on our training kit yet. So I, I would guess that we haven't filled that yet because we are probably looking into getting a, a training shirt sponsor. So I would say, watch watch this space with that. If we're trying to maximize commercial revenues in every avenue we can, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks we suddenly announce, a bit like the noon um, sleeve sponsor, we might yeah. have a new one for our training kit. So I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's blank because they're planning to bring one in soon. Right. Um, next, with the this is Chris Coates, files hardest. With the price of players getting more expenses, will the FFP have to change the hundred and five million pound limit? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, sh- yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Should it, there be like a transfer index that it, that, that number's good. linked to? Yeah, because that can't stay there forever. Because soon, you know, there's going to be championship players going for hundred and five million or something. The way football. <laughs> yeah, that going, is a good so. point, isn't it? I think the current rules are a team can make a maximum loss of hundred and five million over three years. Um, so it, I totally get his point there because with 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 figures going, I mean, you could argue that 
the price to buy a player does go up, but so does the price to sell a player. So it swings and roundabouts. And maybe that's why we were always told about the importance of trading well and selling well. But I, I still take the point, though. Things are going a bit silly with you. Could, you, well, you could also prices. make the point that maybe FFP having that limit is to try and stop players' prices to keep going up. Because yeah, if that it's getting silly, for all it? club, it's getting silly. But, you know, people, you know, I've got a newspaper at home from the day that Shearer signed for Newcastle. And it yeah. says £15 million equals one player or a thousand nurses or something. And like, even then it was, has the world gone mad? 15 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always say that, you know, it's always like, so, you know, in a year we'll be talking about the billion, billion pound players and it's just like, oh, the world's gone mad. So I don't know. The world. Like, I remembered. I remember I was a bit younger and we signed over Femi Martins for 10, 10 million from Inter Milan. And at the time, I think, I won't want to call them top, top strikers, but very, very good strikers across Europe. You'd get for about 10, uh, 10 plus million. And then you thought, oh, for spending 10 million, it'll be good. And then there was Michael Owen for 17. And obviously that was big, big money at the time. Whereas now there's bang average players who go for about 30, 40 million. So it's yeah. just, it's getting a bit mental. I don't know where, it, where it'll stop. That's the thing. Where does it actually stop? Where will it end? Has anyone thought of the children? <laughs> um, Dom at Howball TM. If we could tell one world-class player this window that would automatically improve our 11, what position would it be? Uh, for me, a left back. But that is the same as the answer to my question a few weeks ago, which is the priority position, I think, left back. See, mine would be, because I remember this in the same poll, at priority position. I'm, I would be tempted to say right winger. I just honestly think if we could get a top-class right winger and someone who could come in and get 15, 20 goals to add to our attack, and then that would be class. Because at the minute, I think we're over overly reliant on Isaac and Wilson scoring the goals. I know we could get goals from midfield from the likes of Willock and Joe Linton, and maybe Tonali can chip in too. But I just think getting a winger who can be quite prolific, because our system's a 4-3-3 as well, where you've seen what Liverpool did when, when they were at their best in a 4-3-3. Marnie and Salah got so many goals, and I, I really do think if we could get a, a winger, maybe maybe Kvara Chilia. Oh, yeah. Oh, well done. What was... Do that again? <laughs> that was incredible. You've been oh, practicing no, do it once. You've been practicing in the mirror. Yeah. I have. Oh, man. <laughs> Kvarad Chilia. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I've been sucked that in. That can't be rumors. true. That can't be true. That can't be true, that rumour. The thing is, when that comes literally a day after Eddie Howe was just talking about the reality of FFP, you just look at it and think, 82 million. I mean, that would be more than the remainder of our budget on one player, you would think. But oh, the only thing I would say, and this isn't me saying it's true, but... I remember back in December, I remember these things, Martin Hardy, who's the main Northeast reporter for the Times, who are a pretty reliable paper, they don't really post rubbish, I wouldn't say. He said that Newcastle's uh, major transfer target over the next two windows was Kvara Chilia. Yeah. So, well, he's, again, he's, he's unbelievable. He's sensational. He's the Georgian Messi. I, I play yeah, yeah. fantasy football Champions League and he, he is, he's, he's a, like a must-have in the team. Yeah, he's incredible. Um. Let's just do one more quick question. Would it not make more sense to sell Almiron rather than ASM? Surely Miggy cannot recreate the outputs of his previous season. Um, I mean, I'd comment on that. I think... Uh, what do I think? I, I think... Uh, no, I do think it would make more sense to sell ASM. ASM's been too inconsistent for too long. Um, I still want him to stay and hope he hits form and stays fit, but I think you can't sell Miggy at the moment. I mean, I, I, I do agree that Miggy won't get another 10 goal Premier League season but yeah but um yeah I, 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 I yeah I wouldn't sell him I think with that I can kind of see it because people would think Almiron's 
I'm not saying he's on the way out because he's just he's just obviously had that season, but he is 29 now, I think, and people generally accept that we'll have to improve on him soon. I think the problem is we haven't got many options down that right. We've got, I think, to be honest, we've got Almiron and Murphy. So Howe's probably looking at it thinking Almiron's quite a vital player in the squad. He's versatile. He's just come off the back of a good season. He can play in Howe's system. I, t- I kind of get it on looking at the quality of the player and what we think they could achieve at their best. I can say why we want to keep St. Maximan, but yeah, I think we'd have a lack of right wingers if uh, if Amron was sold. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll do FYI, man. Welcome back. Now it's our time for FYI, man. If you don't know what that is, uh, Ollie will challenge me or I'll challenge Ollie. Today it's Ollie challenging me. Names a bunch of clubs. Doesn't have to be in the right order. Doesn't have to be all of the clubs a player's played for. And I've got to say who that player is. Ollie has a much better record than me. He's an encyclopedia when it comes to Newcastle. I think I'm all right, but I'm nothing compared to Ollie. But it's my go. I'm going to prove myself. Go on, Ollie. I'll put the um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, tense music here. Great. That's a good Set the scene. Oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? It's very dramatic. Go for it. You can play along at home. Who is this player? So, as always, Newcastle. Man United. Mm. Tottenham. Mm. Sunderland. Mm. Fulham. Oh, I've got it. Ooh. I've got it, I think. Wow, that was that was record timing. Mm. Don't say anything yeah. yet, obviously, for the... I'm not going to. You can play along at home. Yeah. So for anyone still thinking, who on earth is this? Newcastle, Man United, Tottenham, Sunderland, and Fulham. Yep. Let you play along at home. I'll give you another five seconds. You can pause the podcast now if you haven't thought. Right, so pause it now if you want to keep thinking. But I'm about to give the answer. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to look like a right tit. But so, the Ed, answer... Yeah, go on. Who was the mystery mag? Louis Sahar. Well done. Yes. Get it. He was on loan under Bobby Robson for us, wasn't he? Yeah. So scored one goal. Yeah, eleven games, one goal, and then went. I remember the goal as well. It was like a bouncing ball, and he volleyed it, and it kind of—I think it hit the post and went in. Um, Kind of bobbled in, kind of. But yeah, I was—I was five at the time, so I can't remember it. But that's good knowledge, that is. Mm, I think that was probably from one of the review DVDs or something. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think I thought with that, I mean, the Fulham, um, I mean, Man United, some people would forget he was there, but he was a pretty solid player for them for a few years. But the Fulham sort of Man United, Tottenham, Sunderland, I wondered if you would get it from that. But the reason I thought it was a decent one was his loan spell at Newcastle. I mean, he played 11 games. So he's yeah. one of those where people will go, ah, oh, Louis Sahard played for Newcastle. I didn't even realise. Yeah. So, but yeah, very good. Very thank good. you, thank you, thank you. I'm starting to get, I'm getting him a stride now, you know, I'm getting him a stride. Yeah. I had a couple of tricky ones at the start that were quite embarrassing, but anyway. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Uh, tell us, do email us if you got that at home at nufcblogcast.gmail.com or DM us on Twitter. Please do five-star like us on Apple Podcasts and write a review if you're enjoying this. It makes a huge difference to us. It helps with the algorithms and everything. Or Spotify, put a five-star. Get involved in the tune polls and the Twitter questions if you're on Twitter. Just get involved, sign up for the newsletter, email us. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, we'll be back on later this week with a Toon Transfer Talk. Thank you for listening. Ollie, say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. Thank you, everyone.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.